Hey everybody, this is Ozzy Miller Podcast, and today we're looking at Trader Joe's and the way that they are able to dominate the market using different supply and demand shifts. The first one we will look at is how even though they sell things at a much lower price, they are able to maintain a high profit margin. And the way they're able to do this, in reality, is using um, specialized a specialized selection that gets people hooked on their products. And it is explained like this. With the products that Trader Joe's sells. Here, let me read off some of what they say are their most popular items. Spatchcocked lemon rosemary chicken and carne asada autentica. Kohlrabi salad blend and cold-pressed matcha green tea lemonade. Sea salt and turbinado sugar chocolate almonds and gochujang almonds. Peanut butter filled pretzels and five seed almond bars. From the freezer section, chicken tikka masala and gluten-free cheese pizza with a cauliflower crust. These are the sort of foods that light up Instagram accounts and Facebook pages that inspire fanatical devotion even among people who don't have a Trader Joe's within 2,300 miles, like Kirk DeSermia, who works as a facilities manager for the National Park Service in Alaska. Whenever I leave the state, I usually buy a couple hundred dollars worth of uh, goods, and I have an extra suitcase or duffel bag with me in my luggage. DeSermia and his duffel bag have been all over. Another demand shift can be found in the way that Trader Joe's tries to attract customers. When, especially when starting out, they had a tar- target demographic, <clears throat> which allowed them to gain a lot of customers from a certain untapped market that was college kids at the time. These details, as casual as they might seem, would also appear to be strategic. In a 2011 interview with the LA Times, Joe Colomb said that when he started Trader Joe's in the 1960s, he was inspired by an article he read in Scientific American about the huge spike in Americans attending college. I felt this newly educated class of people would want something different, he recalled, and that was the genesis of Trader Joe's. Why did he choose Pasadena as the first store location? Because, he said, Pasadena is the epitome of a well-educated town. Trader Joe's is for over-educated and underpaid people, for all the classical musicians, museum curators, and um, journalists, he said. This suggests that from the very beginning, Trader Joe's understood cream skimming, targeting a certain kind of customer and letting the rest slide by. As for- Another supply shift that Trader Joe's experiences is in the way that they keep their input costs down by purchasing cheap real estate when opening up their stores, while also maintaining that their stores are in an area of good income. But, and this seems to be another key component of Trader Joe's success, they also value frugality. As Michael Roberto found, they usually set up shop in the cheaper parts of the expensive areas. Frankly, in in many cases, they're in sort of old strip malls, so they've saved money on the real estate. The real estate firm Zillow found that homes near Trader Joe's stores appreciate more quickly than homes in the city as a whole, concluding that either Trader Joe's is really good at picking areas that are on the rise, or 
that they are in part causing the rise. So, 